That is awesome. Thank you so much. I'll pass this back. There we go. Yeah, lots of, lots of stuff happening at LifeHouse these days. It's amazing. It's amazing what's happening. Chips and everything that God is doing. If this keeps doing this, I will switch to a wired mic. Well, for the last week when we were together, I was talking out of Acts 2 and was talking about, out, about community and how the foundation of like, Christianity is community and what community looked like in that first group of followers of Jesus. And so I want to expand on that today. So if you've got your Bibles with you, I'm kind of skimming through Acts 3 and a little bit in Acts 4 today. And, you know, the story continues. We, we ta- saw what was happening with this group of believers. They're in fellowship with one another. They were having meals together, that they were dedicated to learning about Jesus from the apostles and understanding what the gospel was and that they were, they were praying together. And, and out of that, we just see this incredible community forming. And we see in Acts 3 that then there's this instance where Peter and John, they heal this lame beggar that had been at the temple courts. And they they literally, you know, tell this guy that's begging to get up and walk. And he's healed, completely healed, completely restored. And when that happens, a crowd gathers and they're amazed because they've seen this person begging at the temple gates for a a long time. And they, they, all these people are like, what happened? How how did this happen? And so Peter and John just keep, start testifying to Jesus that it's not them that healed this person, that it's Jesus that healed this person through them and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And there's such a crowd gathering and such a commotion happening that they're taken and put in jail by the religious leaders, particularly the Sanhedrin, um, because they, they, or the Sadducees, because they didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead, and they were saying that Jesus had risen from the dead. So it was a big deal. They end up in jail, you know, and, but the, the people that, that are questioning them, the religious leaders are, are, are there, and they're saying to them, like, you know, how did you do this? And they're like, well, listen, it's because of Jesus. And they just start testifying to, to the fact that Jesus is the son of God to these religious leaders. And the religious leaders have a dilemma because they've got this healed person standing right there. Right? They, they, this person's been healed. They see the power of that. And they see what, what God has done in this situation. So, but they don't, they don't want this to continue. So they just, they tell Peter and John, look, you've got to stop speaking in the name of Jesus or something worse is going to happen to you. And they let them go. And Peter and John go back to, it says they go back to their people. Now, we know that 3,000 people had been added at that point. And actually, it says that another 2,000 people were added to the church when this uh, beggar was healed, lame beggar was healed. So we got 5,000 people. I don't think they went to a room with 5,000 people in them, but they went back to a group of those people that had all gathered and told them what had happened and told them what religious leaders had said. And, and these people... They all pray together. You know, and we see this in Acts 3, that they pray and they, and they just say, like, God, you know, your, your, your name is being persecuted, but give us, we're, and, and we're being threatened, but give us the boldness. Give us the boldness to preach the gospel. Extend your hand with signs and wonders and give us to continue preaching in your name. And it says that the Holy Spirit fell in that room. It literally shook from the power of God. And they all just started, you know, preaching boldly in the name of Jesus. And it goes on after that. And, can, you know, 
in Acts 4. Well, this was, sorry, this was Acts 3 and 4. My apologies. It goes on to there to say that all the believers were one in heart and mind. Then goes on and talks about them sharing their possessions again. And just again, a repeat of what we see at the end of Acts 2. And this is the incredible thing about Christian community. The thing that I want to... There's this... Is it the... There's some like sound. We still losing me? You good? I will put this down on the, right here. And hopefully this is good. Okay. So here's the incredible thing. This community had power. They had power. You keep reading on in Acts. You read through Acts 4. You read in Acts 5. Just the healings are continuing. People are being filled by the Spirit. More and more things are happening. It's first happening through the apostles. By Acts 6, we're reading tes- and 7, we're reading testimonies of, of other disciples that are now healing and moving in power. The Holy Spirit was there with that community. And they wanted that boldness. They wanted that power. And for us as a community, we talk a lot about love. I talk a, I've talked a ton about love in the last little bit. And that is a foundation of Christian community. But another foundation of it is, is a community that operates in the power of God. And we need to ask ourselves, why is the church so dead? And I'm not talking about Lifehouse. I'm talking about the church in general. But we don't see the power of God operating through us today. And we come up with all kinds of excuses, you know, as to why that's happening. But if we're meant to be followers of Jesus, and we're meant to be like Jesus. The thing is that what we see about that community is they were not threatened by the world. They were. They were being threatened, but they kept saying that, you know what, it doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the religious leaders of this time say, that those to oppose us, we are going to stand for God no matter what. And we have to ask ourselves if the church in the West today actually has that kind of mindset anymore. Or if actually what we've done is adopted the world and we try to live with one foot in the world, in the kingdom, and wonder why we don't have the same results as the early church did. And, you know, Lee got up and and was saying, whoever, you know, if you want to come and give your life to Jesus, and if you're going through difficult things, trust in him. And we need to. We need to trust in him no matter what it is that we're going through. But in the West, in Western world, we have adopted a radical individualism, which is the worldly point of view, and brought it into the church. We've adopted moral relativism, and we've brought it into the church. What do these things mean if you don't know? Individualism goes, I basically am my own God. I am my own God. Yes, I say I follow Jesus, but at the end of the day, it's about what I want, how I want to live. It's all about me. You know, we, ch- we chase after all the same things as the world does. We want the career. We want the money. We want the house. We want the car. We want the whatever the thing is that the world has to offer. We go, that is as important as Jesus. And if we're truly honest with ourselves, sometimes it's more important. That actually Jesus takes us back seat to, to mammon, to the pursuit of the things of this world. And our wants and desires are actually more important. We're not the ones praying, God, give me the boldness to live for you. 
We're the ones going, God, make my life comfortable and pleasurable. I'll follow you as long as it's comfortable, pleasurable, convenient, and fits my schedule and my desires. The early church was, even if I die, I will follow you. Even if I lose everything. It goes on in the book of Acts where literally they're being persecuted, their possessions are being taken from them, and they're rejoicing, saying, hey, look, you know, I've been counted worthy of, of suffering for Jesus. They didn't care about their possessions. They didn't care about what they lost. It actually, the thing that was most important to them was the following Jesus. And around the world today, we see churches with power like this, but we see them in persecuted countries. And so often we get the, the, the wrong conclusion is that, hey, I need persecution in order to truly follow Jesus. And man, I don't want to have to be persecuted to actually want Jesus that much. That, that slide, Kirill, that I, about putting up, if, you, if you've got it, if it can go up. So we were, we were just away. Uh, we were away at a friend's cottage. He gave us, the co- a friend gave us a cottage to use for a week. Just so we could go as a family and rest. And uh, there's a little fire pit at the cottage. And we were sitting outside at this fire pit. And I was watching, this is a picture literally of one of the fires. You know, I was thinking as I was looking at the fire, like, you know, we, we so often sing, like, God, I want to burn for you. But, man, stick your hand in that. Like, do you really want to? Do you really want to stick your hand in that fire? Because, man, it was hot. And that glowing section, I don't know, the picture didn't do it justice, but that is so hot. Right? You stick your hand in there, your skin's going to melt off. You put your foot in there, your skin's going to melt off. It's going to do damage. But when we see in Scripture about the burn for you, the idea is that, that what is of us we want gone so that all that's left is that which is God. That our, our desire for the things of the world would pass away and that our desire to live for him would be paramount. Now, I'm not saying that you have to give up, you know, because it's the amazing thing that we see written by Paul in Corinthians where he's like, look, you can offer your body to the flames, you know, you can have yourself put to death, but if you don't have love, it's count, it means nothing. You know, you can have all these prophecies and, and speak in these heavenly languages, but it'll be like a, cl- a clanging gong and crashing cymbal if you don't have love. Our first and foremost thing is to have love for God and that we would love our neighbor as ourselves. You know, but that our love for God would be greater than our love for the things of this world. You know, our love for God would be, be more important than our money, would be more important than our bank account, would be more important than our career, that would be more important than all those things. That those things that if God so chose, I mean, I'm not saying that those things that us participating in the world, that us having good careers and us having things are bad or wrong. It's we have to be honest with ourselves in terms of where we place them in the order of things. And that's, that's community right? Christian community, they were of one heart and mind. And that one heart and mind they had was that Jesus was their Lord. They had an intimate relationship with him. He was very real, very powerful, and very present in their lives. 
mean, it's pretty crazy because if you read right after they're talking about the fact that all had all these possessions in common with one another and that they were sharing and that there wasn't anybody in need, they tell this story of Ananias and Sapphira. Right? And in this story, you know, people had been selling property and they'd been giving money to help those in need so there wouldn't be needing people among them. And Ananias and Sapphira decided they were going to play a game. They were going to sell property, but then bring the money as if they were bringing the full amount of money in, but, not, but actually hold some back for themselves. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. There's no requirement. There's no law. There's nothing that said, hey, if you, you've got to sell a property and bring the full amount to the church. It's just they lied about it. They lied about it. They came and acted like they were doing something, but they weren't. They were actually like, oh yeah, we've sold this property. We're bringing all this money to you. But in actual fact, they were holding a bunch back for themselves. All they, they didn't need to say, we brought you all the money. They didn't need to. And, and God killed them. And we don't, we don't like those new t- things in the New Testament, right? Like, well, no, God is all loving. He absolutely is all loving. And part of love is that it's like, hey, this thing is going to infect the church. This is going to destroy this brand new community. I will remove this sin right now. And they died. And that powerful God who hates sin, doesn't hate you, but is, is very committed, very committed. He says that he's long-suffering. He is very committed to us when we are honest with him, when we will follow him, when we may, you may have something you're struggling with in your life and something that's been going on, you know, and as we keep bringing that to God and going, Lord, you know that I struggle with this. Help me. I keep bringing it to him. Man, he's so patient with us. But these two dared to come and lie. I mean, the the apostle said, look, you've just lied to the Holy Spirit. You haven't just just lied to this community. You've just lied to the Holy Spirit and and you're going to die today. And they did, right there, dropped dead, right in front of all the people. And we've got to grasp, this God we serve is a very powerful God. He's an all-loving God, but a very powerful God. You know? And he, for, for us, there's, a, there's this world that's a mess. Western society is a disaster at this moment in time. It is self-centered, it is... It's, it's it, look at the fall of Rome, look at the fall. All you gotta do is, if you know your Bibles, all you gotta do is look at the history of the Jewish people and you see the reality of the Western church where, you know, there was a time where they were following Jesus before and all these things. You know, you know that literacy, literacy exists in the Western world because of the church. The first literate countries, where where entire countries were literate, were countries post-Reformation, where they was so important that people could read the Bible that the church taught people to read. We have universities today because the church established universities. It was it was first the church that did all those things. The first hospitals were established by Christians. First scientists were Christians. All these all these people that, that sought, they were seeking after God. They were doing these things for the glory of God. They were doing things so people could serve God. And now our society has taken those things over and they, and they have nothing to do with God anymore. Just like we see in the Old Testament where people had been worshiping God, God had been blessing nations and because of their worship of him, because they'd been doing things of Him for him, 
because they'd been living for him and they prospered. Western society is not prospering anymore. It's declining. The scary thing is, reading the articles, is going, hey, you know, just like what would happen in the Old Testament, the totalitarian regimes are growing. The dictatorships are growing, and they're more powerful than than the countries that used to follow Jesus. And there's a repentance that the church needs to do. That repentance isn't us going, oh God, we repent, and going back to our lives. There's way too many prayer meetings and church meetings where people are repenting for everything, repenting for land, repenting for the sins of the past, repenting for this, repenting for that, and it makes no difference at all. Because all you got to do is read the Bible and see where God's like, yeah, you can say whatever you want, you can worship whichever way you want to. It's what you do that matters. Where are your hearts? They're far from me. Words. Words won't bring about the change, that, but you will. All hope is not lost. The amazing thing with God is that when his people turn back to him, when his people would repent and, and change their ways, renewal would come to the land. Can you imagine what would happen if just us? Imagine what would happen in this city if we would allow our lives to burn for God in the sense of going, I don't, you know, I'm not going to live for me anymore. Jesus, I'm going to live for you. Would you give me the boldness? Would you give us the boldness to live that way? Would you show us where we're not? Would you give us the courage to to put you first in everything? So that, so that there would be hope for our children's children. That this nation could turn. That what's been lost could be restored. Jesus is wanting his church to redeem this world, but we can't redeem the world when we're living for ourselves. It's not possible. When we're living for our bank account, we're living for ourselves. When we're not, it's, it's, we started this about community, and we've been talking about love. We need one another. That Christian community needed one another. It wasn't a bunch of individuals doing their own thing. It wasn't a bunch of like people call, you know, doing their own ministry things all over the place. It was a united group of people that were working together to bring about the gospel, to, to share the gospel, to teach people about Jesus, and to live radically for him. And their, their courage came from, the collect, from each other. Their courage came from their community together. They could stand together as a community because they knew they had each other's back practically. They knew they had each other's back in every way. And so my challenge to us today is that we would allow the Holy Spirit to show us we're actually, we've, we've, we're actually living by the values of the world and not the values of the kingdom. That we'd allow that to happen for us individually and as a community. Family by family, we would get before God and be repenting, asking God to examine our hearts and show us how to live for him. And, and if there are things in our lives that we aren't living for him, we let him show, expose those things to us so that we can change our ways. We can repent. We can change our thinking. We can get courage. We can have the courage to live for him in every way. There's a world out there that desperately needs the church to arise again, to wake up from its sleep, to live for him, to not live for ourselves. 
And there's way too many preachers out there. There's way too many ministries you can follow. There's made too many people on TV and radio that's saying it's all about you. And they're saying that in the name of Jesus. And they're lying. They're lying. lying. It's, it's not, not all, all about, about you. you. It's, it's all, all about, about him. him. Whoever, Whoever will try to save their life will lose it, Jesus says. But whoever who will lose their life for his sake will find eternal life. Eternal life is not the pursuit of the riches of this world. We live in a society, there's, there's a very real spiritual world, right? If you're from Africa you, or South America, you see the reality oh, yeah. of different, different places, places, other, other different, different, different places, places where, where the spiritual, spiritual world, world is very, very real and present and you see it. it. It's, it's, it's very, very it's not masks. You, you see the blatant reality of that spiritual world. world. It's, it's not, not that there isn't a spiritual, spiritual world here. here. It's, it's very, very much here. here. The same the spirits that are there in South America and in Africa are very much in operation here. They're just hidden. When I was growing up here in Canada, you may have told this story before, but you know, I grew up in, in when I was a kid under 12 in my neighborhood in Meadowvale, you know, just, just down the street from here. My dad, who was a salesman, could afford to buy a house. Our next door neighbor was a guy that worked on the tarmac who could afford to buy a house. He worked at the airport. You know, one of the guys would direct the planes around and he could afford a house. Someone that worked on the garbage truck could afford the house. But greed and corruption we've allowed to run rampant in our society. And now, man, who can, like, all of us are like, man, how, do we, how does anyone afford a house? Why? Because, because we've allowed greed and corruption to rule and reign. And the church is silent and if, sometimes just actually participating along with it. There's very real spirits here. Spirits that blind us to what's going on that blind us to who Jesus actually is and blind us to the gospel. And it's from those that we need to awaken and arise. So Lord, I, I pray for us as a community. I pray for us that we, you would show us, God, where we're being affected, where we cannot see, where the spiritual forces of this world have blinded us and that we've bought into the philosophies of the world. Open our eyes. Help all of us see. Help me see. Because God, we want, to, we want to live for you. We want to be able to say that yes, regardless of, of, of what this world says, we will preach the gospel with boldness and that your power would extend and that we would again be a church for you, a church with power, a church that lives unafraid of the things of this world because we're living for a completely different kingdom, your kingdom, Lord Jesus. Lord, you do have a solution for everything in our lives. It just sometimes doesn't look the way that we maybe think it does. Help us, Lord, to live for you. Help us to live for you.
Lord, let your joy be our strength. And let that joy be a joy that comes from knowing your love for us, how much you're for us. May we be the people that would rebuild this decaying society. Person by person. And would be unafraid to follow you wholeheartedly wherever it may lead. I realize it's a bit of a, I don't know, heavier, sober message today. But this is, the, this is love. You know, this is what love looks like. It looks like speaking the truth in love. It looks like us being honest. It looks like us just being real and going, okay, what are we living for? Because otherwise we'll play a religious game all our life and the society our children are going to live in is going to be a disaster and it'll be our fault. Because we chose to not follow Jesus, but to follow ourselves and to live for ourselves. And, and man, you've been made for so much more than that. You've been made for so much more than that. You've been bought at a price. You've been bought at a price. So let's, let's be honest. Let's not make excuses. Let's be the ones that'll live for him and, and be there for one another so that we can all live for him together and change this world. Amen? Amen. Awesome. Back to you. Thank you, James, for that wonderful word about Jesus. So as we leave this place, guys, I just want to thank each and every one of you who could make it here, and we'll be coming back again next uh, Sunday. A uh, couple of things as logistics. So one is that because the protocol of COVID is still around, and this is an indoor, uh, the request is for you to try and arrive 15 minutes before so you can be having a registration done. Uh, you can just find your seat and settle down, so that's one. Second is all this equipment, what you see, is a great uh, work and a love from the team, worship team and the administration team led by Shamla. So what we really want your small help is after this service is like wrapping up, we can just have our 10 volunteers, 10. 10 of you guys can just stand up here quickly. We've got to lug this, all this thing back to the projector room. So it's going to be like five minutes or 10 minutes, but just uh, manpower will help us to wrap up soon. If you could do that, we could have the next set of volunteers for the next week, and we can just rotate. Just extra hands, bring extra love. And also the last thing is before 12 o'clock, we have to wrap up and leave this place because the next showing is there, unless you have booked a ticket for another cinema here. So you have to leave this place and go away. So just find place outside to meet with people and just take them home or just spend more time. So once again, thank you, everyone. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.